All right, well, take your Bible this morning, turn to Matthew chapter number four, Matthew and chapter number four, as we stand in honor of God's word. And, and uh, if you'd like to talk to somebody about salvation, even right now, you just feel free to slip out. We would be glad to have somebody talk to you about that. Matthew chapter four, we're actually going to begin our reading in Matthew chapter three, Matthew chapter three and verse number 16. And then we'll read uh, chapter four through verse 11. So uh, Matthew chapter three and verse 16. If you found your place, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Very good. That's wonderful. Okay, here we go. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were open. Can you imagine this? Unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then, the very first word of chapter four ties that text with our text today. Then, then was Jesus led up of the spirit, the spirit having just been mentioned, in chapter three, led up of the spirit into the wilderness <clears throat> to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted, <clears throat> the Bible says 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Let me ask you this. Could he do that? He could. He took five loaves and two fishes and fed a multitude. This would be no problem. But, verse 4, he, Jesus, answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, that be Jerusalem, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Not only Jesus quoting Scripture, but Satan. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, it is written again. You see the combat. It is written. It is written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God again. The devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Satan wants worship. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence. Satan, for it is written. A third time Jesus says it is written. 
Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Whoa. What a passage. Our series is, is entitled this, Jesus is King. And we see here, and our title is this, Our Defense, Our Defense in Temptation. Our Defense in Temptation. May God bless the reading of His Word as you're seated. We'll consider this very unique passage of Scripture. One young person said this, I can resist everything except temptation. <laughs> I can resist everything except temptation. I think we can all understand that, can't we? Uh, someone has said, following the path of least resistance makes rivers and men crooked. Following the path of least resistance makes rivers and men crooked. Keeping away from the mire, another individual said, keeping away from the mire is better than washing it off. Keeping away from the mire is better than washing it off. Uh, John Quincy Adams said, every temptation is an opportunity of getting nearer to God. Every temptation. Are you tempted along the way? I think we, uh, we all um, deal with temptation, don't we? We certainly do. Uh, the Bible says here that Jesus was tempted. Was it a real temptation? Well, I'm not going to deal with everything that's in the text, but yes, it was a real, legitimate temptation. All right? Could he sin? No. He's impeccable in his very nature. There's nothing in him. He doesn't, even though he's 100% man, there's nothing in him like there is in us that would be prone to sin. But was this a real temptation? It was. Well, that's somewhat of a mystery, isn't it? And, and I understand that. I'm not here to fully disclose all of that, but, but we need to understand it and, and deal with what we can. He was tempted. Is this given just to help us in our times of temptation? Well, let me, let me ask this question as a follow-up quick, quickly to that. Will it help you in your temptation? Yes. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. But I don't believe that that's the primary or the first intent of the passage, though certainly we're going to make application for our benefit because we're all going to deal with temptation regardless of your age. You will face temptation. But we need to understand why is it here in this passage? The word tempted uh, can actually show up either even as trial, try, temptation, test, so the word itself can either be positive or negative. So the Bible tells us that the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness to be tempted. So the Spirit of God is not tempting Jesus in an adverse way. So if something is tested, it is to prove its character. So as we read this passage and we see Jesus consistently resisting temptation, which by the way is not the only time he's going to face temptation. Uh, then we have manifest for our benefit the sterling, sinless character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And thus he is uh, confirmed and validated as 
king and, and thus qualified to be your savior. So you need to understand, had he given in to just one of these temptations, just one of the three, let alone all the others that are going to come his way, even sometimes by his own disciples. If he had given in to just one, just one slight sin, as we might say, just a little one, just a small one, just a little white lie, just a small one. I mean, come on, not a bad one, not like a big bad one, but like a little bitty one. We tend to minimize sin because we don't understand the holy nature of God. But I submit to you today that if he had sinned in just one minute way, he would have been disqualified. The word tempt here means to endeavor or attempt to cause someone to sin, to entice, to solicit. It's used in a lot of passages. Uh, it's used later about the Pharisees and Sadducees, how they came tempting him, trying to get him to show them a sign. Uh, Paul writes about how Satan may tempt you sexually. The Bible talks about no temptations taking you, but such as is common to man. We're all going through the same things. We're all made of the same stuff. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that Jesus, he himself, having suffered being tempted, he's able to succor them. He's able to help those that are tempted. I thank God for that. I thank God for Hebrews chapter 4 where it says that we have a high priest, we have not a high priest rather, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. James said this, let no man say that when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. You ever want to blame God for why you fell or chose to sin? If God hadn't allowed this, God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man, but every man, every person, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Every man. Jesus said and prayed, lead us, taught us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory uh, forever. He told his disciples, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'm telling you, friend, you can't let your flesh out on parole. You, you can't say, well, my flesh has been good for a while. Your flesh is never good. You can't trust your flesh. What do you mean by flesh? I'm not talking about your skin. I'm talking about that nature inside of you, that sin nature. A moment ago, Miss Monica saying that you must be born again. A man cannot see the kingdom of God except to be born again. Hey, if you only have the one nature you were born with, you'll never go to heaven because you've got to be born again. That's what the Bible plainly says. You need a new nature from above. Our old nature, even after we're saved, we still struggle with it. Struggled with it this week, did you? You say, no, I got a week off. No, you did not. <laughs> you never get a week off from the flesh. You can't trust it. It's always with you and we're on our own worst enemies. And so we are going to face temptation. And no doubt this passage can help us to know how to resist temptation. But there's something bigger than that. 
that we need to tie into here this morning. Why was he tempted? Was it real? Could he have sinned? And all these questions maybe flood our minds, but we need to understand this up front. And I want to try to get right into our text here today to, to, to see this, that there is a definite connection, to be very honest with you, that I don't think that I remember making between Jesus' baptism and the Spirit of God coming and what happens here in, John, in Matthew chapter 4. Now, I've read the word like you have where it says then, but why is it there? And why is there a tie between chapter three and chapter four and the spirit of God coming as a dove and, and lighting upon him and, and the, the outpouring of the spirit there manifesting, identifying this is indeed the Messiah. And, and thus we, we must, we must, it behooves us, it is necessary for us to remember last week's message as to why was Jesus baptized? He was not baptized just to give us an example that we might follow him as believers in believers baptism, though we should should. But it was bigger than that. Remember last week? Remember last week we said his baptism was that he was identifying with sinners and yet without sin. Those, those people that came to the, to the baptismal waters, that River Jordan, as, as John would baptize, he was baptizing people that were getting right with God and repenting. Repenting means that you, you turn to God and you place, place faith in God and you ask him to save you. And, and so those that were doing that were being baptized because baptism does not save you. It shows that you have been saved. Your old life is washed away and you got a brand new life. And thus Jesus was identifying with his mission that he would be buried, that he would rise again and give us new life. That was his mission. His baptism was his first public act and it identified what he really valued and it identified what he came to do. He came to die on the old rugged cross for you and for me. Praise be to his holy name. Amen. That's what he came to do. So should we be surprised that the Bible then says, then. He was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Should we be, should we be surprised that the tempter, listen to this, hang on, we're, 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 we're getting on to the, I think what is the heart of the message here. He, should we be surprised then that just immediately following his first public act that we have, that, that manifests the whole reason why he came. Should we then be surprised that Satan would show up on the scene to try to get him away from that mission? Shouldn't be surprised. Satan, listen to me here this morning. Satan is a real personal being not a force, not something to be dabbled into through the occult, not to be taken lightly. Hey, listen, you say, did Satan actually really talk to Adam and Eve? Yes. Did Satan really talk to Jesus? Yes. Did demonic beings, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you that demons during the days of Jesus, and listen, don't minimize the demonic world even today. It's active. And in the demonic world in Jesus' day, often spoke to him and, and knew who he was as the son of the most high. And they, pled, they, they pleaded with him that he would not cast them into the abyss. The demons spoke to him. I wouldn't be surprised that their ruler would speak to him. And thus Satan 
which by the way, Satan, the name means adversary. You have an adversary. I have an adversary. Devil means slanderer, isn't he? Slanderer. Uh, uh, hang on. Devil, uh, I'm thinking in Spanish here for some reason. Diablo. <laughs> Where that came from? It's based on the Greek word actually, which balo means throw. Balo means throw. Diabolo means he's throwing stuff in your face. He's a slanderer. He wants to remind you of your past. He wants to remind you of, of sin and, and the pleasures of sin to try to get you off of your mission. I'm telling you, friend, this is where it relates to us. If Satan, the Diablo, the devil came to, to try to get Jesus off of his life mission, I guarantee you today he wants to do the same thing in your life. Get you away from your life mission. What I started to say about the devil was this. He hates God. You say, all oh, this is fairytale. No, my friend, listen, we're, we're on the authority of the one who rose again that tells us who, who the devil really is. And he hates God and he hates God's will. And he wants you to get out of God's will. He wanted Jesus to get out of God's will. Why? Because he, he understood to some extent, I don't know to what extent, but he understood this, that he would die on the cross and that would spell his defeat. And even later, in, three years later from this scene, Peter. I love Peter. Because he so often has his foot in his mouth. And every now and then he takes it out to say something that is just spot on. And, and Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And, and all of them said, well, some, some say, I just read this this morning in my Bible reading. Some say, or yesterday, whenever it was, no, it was this morning. Uh, some say that you're, you're Elijah. Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're one of the prophets. And Jesus asked them, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ. Thou art the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And, and you've come to save us. And, and then Jesus, I mean, I just got to rejoice right there that Peter got it right. Hey, A plus, Peter. Next chapter. Don't you, don't you hate it like when the teacher, I mean, you worked so hard to get that lesson down and you finally got it. Can we just keep taking that test? But no, it's time to go on to the next chapter. And the next chapter, so to speak, was Jesus saying, Peter, you're right. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to thee, but, but my Father in heaven has revealed that that is my mission. That is my identity and that is my mission. And thus the Son of Man, that's another term for Messiah, the Son of Man will suffer and will be rejected by the chief priests and the rulers and he will be crucified. He's talking about himself. And he will be buried and rise again. That's what he said. Peter said, Lord, come here. I mean, you check it out. It's in the Bible. He took him like off to the side and, and like tried to teach Jesus theology. Jesus, you got your Bible all mixed up. The Messiah's not going to suffer. Messiah's going to rule with great power and authority. And we're going to be right there beside you. What did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan adversary. Get thee behind me, Satan, and because you savor not the things of God, but the things of man. In other words, the same thing that, that Satan 
was saying to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 was the same thing that Satan even, not, not that he was possessed, no way he was saved, but it was satanic in its origin that he would try to deter even the Son of God, I think even out of a heart of love for Jesus because he loved him. And he was trying to say, no, Jesus. But I'll tell you who Peter also loved. Himself. And he's saying, it's not time to suffer. It's time to reign. It's power. It's glory. It's, it's all those things. No, and Jesus saying, no, it's time to suffer. Jesus identified it. The same one who tried to derail him then was trying to derail him there not to suffer, but to take the shortcut. Easier route. Who wants to suffer? I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm rather allergic to pain. I'm glad Jesus didn't get off track right here. We wouldn't have a hope in the world. Not a hope in the world. If thou be the son of God, said the, said the one who's throwing out slanders left and right. If thou be the son of God. By the way, I don't think that he's questioning or trying to get Jesus to question his identity as a son of God. That's, that's not the point. The point is this. The idea, you being the son of God, use your power as a son of God for selfish reasons. God, you've been fasting 40 days, 40 nights. You've got to be hungry. You're hungry. Come on, any of us. I mean, just till lunchtime, we're hungry. Oh, 40 days, 40 nights. Four hours, I'm hungry. 40 days, 40 nights. You've been, you've been out here in the wilderness. By the way, there's all kinds of connections here to, to Israel being in the wilderness. And they failed in the wilderness. But where Israel failed, Jesus will prevail. See. Elijah was in the wilderness 40 days and Moses was up on the mountain 40 days. I mean, there's so many ties that come in here, but, but here it is. I mean, it's on, friend, it's on. And Satan is saying, you're hungry. Take these stones and, and change them into bread. The temptation to use your gift and your power for selfish purposes. What did Jesus say? It is written. One thing that must come out in this message is, is that Jesus believed the Bible to be the word of God. He said every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's why your Bible that has been preserved for you has been preserved in every word. Every single word is beneficial for your life. Every single word is beneficial for us. I'm thankful for the preservation of the word of God and the inspiration of the word of God. And Jesus validated it. He said every word, man doesn't live by bread alone. In other words, he's saying I'm not living for temporary things. Now, did Jesus enjoy a meal with his disciples from time to time? Absolutely he did. There's not anything wrong with bread. I'm rather a fan of it. How about you? Somebody said, I've got a sweet tooth. I agree with one of the young men I heard who said he got a wheat, he's got a wheat tooth. I love wheat. I love bread. There's not anything wrong with bread. But here's what was happening. Jesus was not interested in the bread because he was interested in the harvest. The mission. To save you and to save me. He didn't give it up for a sandwich. 
So this is where it relates to us because God also has us, uh, has us on a mission to seek and save that which is lost. He sent us into the world on his behalf to reconcile the world unto himself. We have the same mission. We're not going to die for anybody because somebody already died for us. That same demonic being, that same fallen angel, that same devil that, would, that, would, that came to Jesus comes to you to try to get you off of your mission. Get you interested in a bologna sandwich rather than the souls of men. Get you to use your, your giftedness and your, and your talent for selfish purposes rather than for his glory and his honor. Hey, you could be tempted to sing, not because you want to get the message out, but because you like the accolades that come. It's the same temptation, it's just repackaged. Does this make sense? I guess I could probably preach on each of these for a while. Be tempted to serve because you want people to be dependent on you and you like that feeling. It's the same thing. It's the same temptation. But I'm reminding you today that you have a life mission. Isn't it amazing that he came to Jesus early on? I mean, just right off the bat. By the way, oh mercy, there's so much here to preach. I'm about to probably preach myself out. <laughs> but, but he came to Jesus after a monumental event in his life. The baptism. And I want to tell you that, listen, some of the most vulnerable times you'll have in your spiritual life is after a big meeting. Right. Is after a big revival or after, after a great time with God. That's when Satan's going to attack you. And he's going to come early on because how much better would it be to, to spoil God's will in your life earlier rather than later? He'll come to a young Christian. He'll come to a young marriage. Trying to mess it up. trying to mess up a young Bible college student, a freshman. You, he's after you. He's after those young men and those young women that we just spoke to in the youth department. He's after them. Tempting. Jesus said it's written. Our defense and temptation is what God said. He resorted to it and he applied it. And it kept him on the mission. And we could be saved today because he didn't give in to temptation. I think that's a good reminder to us that temptation that comes your way and my way is, is not just how it affects our lives. But when you, sir, or you, ma'am, are giving in to temptation, whether it's lust or anger or malice or gossip or drinking or whatever else it may be, then you're not just affecting your life. You're affecting other people's lives that ought to be touched by you. Come up to the temple. I'd like to know exactly how all this happened. I don't. All I know is I can read and see that he took him up to the pinnacle of the temple on the southeast side, most say, if I got my directions right. The southeast side of that temple where there was a cliff off the wall that was about 450 feet deep. High part of the temple valley below. Took him up there on that, that exceeding high point of the temple and, and, said, and said to him, cast thyself down. Okay, he's saying to Jesus, okay, so you're into scripture, Right? How about this scripture? Did you know that Satan knows scripture? Now he twists it. He left part of it out when you read uh, Psalms 91. He left part of it out, but that's not necessarily even the biggest problem. The biggest problem is how he was using it. Because the psalm is there is that if, if you find yourself in a situation that, that you don't have control and you need God's help, God can come to you. But you don't put yourself in a place of danger. 
I'm telling you this morning that every suicidal thought, every suicidal thought is satanic in its origin. Cast thyself down because it is written. He will give his angels charge over thee. Thus thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. He won't even let you stub your toe. In other words, what, Jesus, what Satan is doing here is he's tempting Jesus, do the sensational. Do the sensational. Put yourself in a place where God has to come through for you. He's repackaged that today. Some of it is actually repackaged in charismatic theology. The quest for the sensational slaying in the spirit and speaking in tongues and handling serpents. Take up the serpent. What's the picture of those on the wall? Those that took up the serpent that didn't have faith. God's not telling you to take up a rattlesnake. In fact, I think if you've got good sense, run from it. Paul wasn't, wasn't a snake handler when he was there on the aisle, no. But one latched onto his hand and yet it didn't kill him. You see, but he didn't put himself in that spot. And so that's what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to get Jesus to put yourself in a spot where you are sensational, you are spectacular. Satan will tempt you to do the same thing. But it, again, it's a diversion from your mission. Finally. He takes him up to an exceeding high mountain. I'm sure there's more that could be said about all these. I'm just trying to deal with the big picture of it. Are you following me here? takes him up to an exceeding high mountain and somehow, I don't know how, but maybe it's just reference points and to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west. All the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. All these will be yours. If you'll fall down and worship me. If, if you'll submit yourself to my authority. It's a bargaining piece. I mean, just think of what he's saying. All these kingdoms, they'll be yours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> True. They will be. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. Read the book of Daniel. Read the, read the Gospels. It's a true statement. And the glory of them. Now, wait a minute. Here's what he's doing. You can have these kingdoms just like they are. But like they were, they were in sin and unrighteousness and wickedness and violence and sexual perversion. The kingdoms will be his, but they won't be his under those circumstances. He will cleanse it. But what Satan... What Satan was wanting him to do is you can take the world, you can have the world, but you've got to have it like it is. He offers that same thing today. Become part of this society, but you've got to accept it just like it is. But that's not even the biggest thing he's saying to Jesus there. The biggest thing is this. You can have the kingdom now. You know... You know where that relates to us? We want everything. Now. Immediate power. Money. Now. 
Need $3,000? Call this number. You want to buy that? You want to have that? Slide that card. Now. Do you have the money for it? No. Now. We're living for a now. What, what Satan was tempting Jesus to do was to bypass the hard work. Bypass suffering. Get the kingdom now. 1999. Instant gratification. You get what I'm saying? Instant. I'm not necessarily against things that are 1999. I'm just simply saying, buy it now. Buy it now. Get it now. No suffering. What did he do? He kept his eye on the cross. I'm not going to have the glory of the kingdoms without the cross. That often what we want is we want, we want that relationship, but we don't want the hard work that that relationship takes. How many of you that are married would say, marriage, hard work. But, but what young people want today, not just young people, but middle-aged people, they want that sexual relationship, that intimacy now, but they don't want the hard work. And thus, marriage has gone down in terms of the number of people married and being married because why well, have to go through all that hard work if you can get what you want? I'm not trying to be too pointed, but I am trying to be clear that it's the same thing Je that Satan was packaging for Jesus. It's just been repackaged and it's that immediate gratification. If you want it, go for it now. Don't worry about working for it. But the main thing is this. Through all these means, the bread, uh, the rock to bread, and, and the pinnacle of the temple, and, and this, the cities, the glory of the kingdoms, all of it was basically trying to get Jesus off mission. And every temptation that comes your way and that comes my way is trying to get us out of God's will. So what did Jesus do? It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. What does the book say? Get back to the Bible. Resort to it. When temptation comes, hey, listen, you better have some scripture verses memorized and ready to go. What does the Bible say? What did Jesus do? He quoted from Deuteronomy three different times. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God and, and, and thou shalt not tempt, uh, worship, oh, you shalt, thou shalt worship only the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. He's quoting the Bible. If our Savior had victory by quoting the Bible, doesn't that show us where our source of victory is as well? Live in the Bible. It'll keep you in God's will. Resort to it continually. Take it and apply it and apply it and apply it and say, I'm not forsaking God's mission in my life for any temptation. And I am thankful today. The big picture of this chapter is that he did not forsake his mission, whether it was Satan or Peter or the Sadducees or Pharisees or Herod or anyone else. He kept his hands to the plow and went all the way to the cross to die for you and to die for me to be our Savior. Praise His name. Because today if you say, man, I've already messed up. 
He died to save sinners. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord that stood rock solid in the face of temptation shall be saved. The Bible then says this, Satan left. You know why Satan left? Jesus told him to. It's his authority. Satan left. The Bible says in Luke that he left for a season. It means he's coming back. Wouldn't it be nice if you just had to face temptation one time? I know you're going to face it over and over again, but you just keep going back to the Word. It's sufficient. Angels came and ministered to him. What all does that mean? I don't know. Maybe they provided food for him to eat. They ministered to him. It's a lot. But it's interesting to me, if that's the case, the very thing that Satan tried to tempt him to do, God provided. A big part of our problems with temptation is we don't want to wait. Satan resisted, or Jesus resisted Satan's temptation to get out of God's will by resorting to and applying God's holy word. Let's stand together here this morning. Satan is not omnipresent. He is not omnipotent. But I guarantee you this. The Bible says that if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, that's Satan, little G, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. Satan wants to keep people lost. Jesus came to save. Today, if God has spoke to your heart and showed you from the Word of God that you are a sinner and that you need to be saved, God wants you to be saved today. Today. If today you are saved, but maybe you've been given in to temptation, hey, there's still hope in who He is. If today you're struggling with temptation, I hope that this has been a good reminder to you that God has a purpose and a will for your life. Don't give up on it for anything. Father, I come to you today, and I thank you for your word that helps us. I know the enemy is working to separate your people from their purpose in life. And God, I pray today that you'd speak to hearts and that you'd help, Lord, in the invitation time that those that need salvation, that they might respond and be saved. I pray that you'd help us all to be people of the Bible in times of temptation, just to go back to what you've said and apply it to our daily lives. Lord, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Page 272 this morning. Only trust Him. If God spoke to your heart, let me encourage you.